episode of The Christian Hansen Show. It is episode 47, and today's guest is yet again another comedian, Anthony Bonazzo. Uh, Anthony is a comedian and actor, and he's very funny. I uh, I saw Anthony the first time with Mary Kay Beck and Michael Palisak at Zanies in Rosemont, uh, beginning of April, first, second week of April, I think, and uh, had him on the show, just like I had Mary Kay and Palisac. So I'm building this community. I uh, actually was at Zany's in Rosemont the uh, other day as well. Anthony was in Iowa's. I uh, went to go see Mary Kate and uh, Calvin Evans, who was also on the podcast, episode eight, a long time ago, last fall. And it was amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. It felt good to get out and shoot photos again. I was shooting photos uh, that night and it was, uh, it felt good. It felt really good uh, to be back in the comfort zone uh, with photography, something that I enjoy thoroughly. And I got to, uh, you know, get introduced to a new comic as well. Um, Vince Acevedo. Uh, very funny. Incredible, incredible stage work comic. Uh, remarkable, to be honest. Uh, he's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a really fun time. I'm trying to get him on the show as well. But, you know, comedy's great. It's getting me through this rut that I'm going through right now. Uh, it's not a good rut, but uh, I think I'll make it. I don't know. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, Anthony was on the show and it was great. He's a stand-up comedian living in Chicago, originally a New Jersey native, one of eight kids. Uh, began his pursuit of comedy, doing imitations of family members at the dinner table. That may sound familiar. Well, it is. Mike Marino did the same thing, also a Jersey native. When you're in an Italian family, the content is never, you know, it's never ending, right? It's just there. It's there from birth. Uh, Italians are animated. They talk with their hands. They have these, you know, the, it's just filled with, with content uh, as a comedian. So that's what he did. And it works. Uh, Anthony graduated both the conservatory and music improv conservatory at Second City. Uh, he's performed in the Del Close Marathon, has starred in videos for The Onion. He's a regular at Zany's, The Laugh Factory, The Comedy Bar, where he will be this week. You can go see Anthony Bonazzo live Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Comedy Bar downtown Chicago. Tickets start at $40. Be there. Support him. Support live comedy. You can go to eventbrite.com forward slash O forward slash the dash comedy dash bar dash Chicago. You, you get it. Just search Anthony Bonazzo live the comedy bar on Google. Click the link. Buy the ticket. Support him and live comedy. Like I said, you could see him at those clubs. He's also uh, been on a comedy album. Not his, but he's been heard on Josh Johnson's comedy album uh, called I Like You, which was recorded at the Comedy Club on State, where he'll be this week. A stand-up really detailed story of his dating life, or lack thereof, as he says, and his unusual run-ins with people. Again, like I said, he's known for his spot-on impersonations. He does amazing impersonations. As Trump one's phenomenal. As Matthew McConaughey is killer. Uh, he's just he's just great. And uh, I was privileged to have him on. Anthony Bonazzo, that is. This is me doing the thing with comedian and actor Anthony Bonazzo. <laughs> You know, I uh, just talked to Mary Kate uh, back the other day. She oh, was nice. on the same night that I uh, went and saw Palisac at Zany's. I've never seen you before. I loved it, man. You got a lot of energy, too, just like her. Um, I love the TikTok bit. I think that's great. <laughs> I, I think everyone's uh, learned how to, to to do things like that. But um, the yeah. dance like Megan the Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, where, where's that come from? You have kids, right? Or no? I, I don't have, you don't any have kids. kids. No. Oh wow! So, th so if <laughs> no. if you had kids, I would be like, oh, all right, makes sense. You just don't have kids, but right now, it's, I'm then it's a, interesting. I'm just a byproduct of uh, being in my 40s and being in quarantine alone 40s, in a studio 40s. apartment. 40s, <laughs> <laughs> doing comedy in your 40s. I don't think it gets much better. How long have you been doing it? Uh, probably close to 13 years. Holy shit! Really? So you came up yeah. with with uh, Flanagan and Vince Carone around that time. I didn't really know those guys. I mean, I know them now, yeah. but I didn't know them uh, coming up. They were probably more like in the suburbs and I was Southern. more in the city. Gotcha. Um, but then obviously, you know, Chicago comedy is very small. So you eventually sure. 
you know, you cross paths with everybody. I actually did a road, couple of road shows with Vince. Yeah. Uh, about a year ago. Right before well, everything. Two years ago now, yeah. right before everything yeah. hit. We did the uh, the Pasquale's run where you go up to the UP, do Pasquale's, oh, wow. and then you drive up to, uh, uh, into Wisconsin, into um, the fun zone at, uh, in Sheboygan. Sheboygan. <laughs> and, yeah, it's... It's like a rite of passage. I feel like if you're a comic in Chicago to do those two shows, it's, yeah. Pasquale is yeah. a blast. But I, I think it used to be a strip club or, or a dance club or something. Oh, that's great. Makes and they sense. just, yeah. you know, yeah, you drive like seven and a half hours and you're like, you, you, you get to like this pizza place and you're like, oh man, like, what am I doing with my life? You know, and then you walk in and it's packed, it's packed like yeah. to the gills. It was like a couple hundred people in there and they're, really? and it's a great show. Yeah fantastic and then you wake up you know then the next day there's the fun zone and so we did that together and oh wow that was that was a little rough uh because the host i don't even know what his deal was he was like a like a food runner and he just came up and he's like give it up for your uh your next comic he's a piece of shit and it was about me and he i was like i don't even know this guy i was like i was like who am i giving up for this angry food runner Right. And I just kind of tore, I tore in him for a little bit. And then Vince went up and Vince went off on him. He's like, don't ever talk about my friend like that. You son of a, and he like just <laughs> ripped on him for like a six minute, you know, Vince Carone rant. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny. anyway, that's funny. I digress. No. So you've been, uh, Vince, Vince is, Vince is one of the guys you've been hanging around with then when, uh, I mean, how, how did you, how the hell did you fall into it? How'd you, how'd you get into comedy, the trap of comedy? Um, I don't know if it's a trap. It's it's a trap only because you can't. Once you're in, you really you really can't get out. You, know, you think like, so? Uh, you think it's that way? Um, well, I don't really want to get out. So I think okay. I think uh, I think some people get pulled in and they mm. want to get out, and for some reason they stay in it and yeah. they're miserable, and that's you know that's a whole other topic. But yeah. um, me personally, you know, I just I'm I'm one of eight kids, you know, so we were always fighting for attention. Yeah, big Catholic Italian family and. Mm. Um, just, you know, a young, young age was doing impressions and making fun of family members at the table. And, um, I knew I wanted to do something. Yeah. I always loved stand up. I didn't know it was going to be stand up specifically. I think I kind of was like avoiding the inevitable for a while. I mm. took a lot of improv, which in the end paid off a lot. Sure. Um, just being able, to, being able to riff and do crowd work and stuff like that. So I did, you know, Second City when I first moved here, I did like the whole beginning improv program. I did, you know, like levels A through E. Mm-hmm. I was actually working at Second City part time as a oh, night manager for a, little, for a little while. And then I got into conservatory and that was great. So I did that. And then uh, we were actually doing a lot of paid shows, which is like kind of unheard of with improv. Yeah. So we were performing. We went to the Del Close Marathon. You know, we were making money and doing it, which was insane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had auditioned for like Torco with Second City. Never got on. And then I just sort of like fell into stand up. I, I remember there was like, uh, I just got kind of burnt out trying to like coordinate the schedule with like seven other performers. Mm, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to perform without having to like send out six group emails, you know? So then I remember uh, Zanies was having these rising star showcases in Old Town. And I just like emailed like randomly and I, and I got on like the first one and all these comics were mad. They're like, how did you get, I've been trying for years. <laughs> That's like where I was first introduced to the bitterness of comics. When yeah. you get something like, how'd you get that? <laughs> um, so then I did that and it went really well. And then I mean, I don't think I even went back for like another two or three years, even despite how well it went. Oh, wow. And, um, and then I just would periodically do them, you know, like I would, I would reach out. I'd get booked like maybe every other year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the interim, I was like, just trying to fill it in with like whatever shows I could at the sure. time. There was a place called like studio B, um, studio B. Sheffield. And I would do open oh, for so improv Rigby, shows. Rigby. Yeah. Like open for like improv shows and like do open mics. I ran an open mic for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just started getting work at Zanies, and then that sort of just like led into another. And then, then it's just, yeah. you're off, you're off. You're yeah, on, then you're doing sort it. of like, just like a domino effect. Yeah. You start, um, and then I really hit it hard because right when I was first starting to get booked at Zany's, it's when jokes and notes was still open. So I was like learning how to completely flex a different muscle being on the South side. And that just builds up your chops so hard because it's like, you can't mess around in like a South side room. And like, you know, you can't, you just can't, you can't go up and be like, you know, unconfident or trying, you know, stuff that's like wafting and you're, you're not confident and waffling in it. Sure. That just made me a stronger performer, and then that led to some bookings, and, and then everything just sort of took off took from off there. From there. 
Yeah. yeah. It's great. You said you moved. Where, where'd you move from? Well, I'm originally from New Jersey. New Jersey. Gotcha. I did like a whole little weird tour before I landed here. Um, after college, I moved to Alaska. So I did volunteer Holy work cow. in Alaska. Yeah. So I did uh, volunteer work in Alaska for a year with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. And um, just didn't want to like just start working right after school. So I ended up going out there and, um, and uh, then I moved back home for a little while. To but then I decided to, yeah. Then I decided to go back to Alaska. So I ended up going back to Alaska and I lived on a, <laughs> on a liveaboard sailboat for a year. And then by that point, my back and everything, just sleeping in a boat and like smelling like gas all the time. I was just like, oh, this is like, I'm going to do comedy. <laughs> yeah. This is comedy right here in my life. Uh, so I ended up moving to Seattle with a girl and then no kidding. Uh, that's where I started doing improv for the first time. And um, actually, um, hadn't really done stand-up yet oh, wow. you know until i left seattle and I moved to virginia i was in virginia for two years and then mm. i did my first stand-up set like an amateur competition at like richmond funny bone oh my gosh man jeez and then i moved to chicago and i've been here ever since so I mean, there's a lot of a lot of moving around and yeah. like a lot of money a lot of money spent that i was like i think i need to like root down because i don't have anything in my savings account <laughs> how old were you when you when you when you decided to do the root the root down god i think oh i think it was sort of like like i didn't have like a choice you know mm-hmm. like when i was when i moved here i was probably like 27 when i got here maybe oh, 28 wow, yeah. and uh i just didn't have a choice i was like i have to root down like i had nothing like i moved here with like i think two thousand dollars my bank account and the oh, wow. gym that i was working at hadn't hadn't gotten the paperwork filed yet so like mm-hmm. they're like you're gonna have to wait like two months and i'm like whoa like i don't have any backup income <laughs> i was just watching this number like dwindling every day like I, I never wanted to work so bad in my life and i was like like they're like all right you can start and then it was wild because you know i was working as a personal trainer and there's no like you're not like getting like an income right off the bat like yeah. you have to get clients so there's no hourly rate you're just so i was just like man i understand that quote of like you know when you when you're like desperate you will make you will find a way to make it sure. and that was me i was at the gym at like six o'clock in the morning to like eight o'clock at night damn man for like two years straight just every day and wow. then uh eventually i built up like a client base and started making money and i was like all right i gotta start like chilling out a little bit i'm gonna burn myself out which i did yeah that's not good <laughs> and i took this then i took like a cozy job like it was like a like an office type job as like a fitness director and then i just Jeez, got man. fat <laughs> like just like eating free food not working out i was like what am i doing i can't be this guy working right. in fitness so i quit that and then i just sort of went off on my own and started doing my own clients and own personal training and then I, and it's been like a blessing because i can do personal training like in the mornings and then i have the evenings free for stand-up but it's, sure. sometimes it's very hard though because you know You're like I'm up early. Yeah. yeah i'm up early and then i gotta be out late at night so i try not to do any early morning clients if i know i have night shows mm-hmm. like on, like, like the zany's rosemont was like two shows on like a friday yeah now that, that's that's rough having like a 7 a.m that day you know and then doing two shows until like midnight but Damn. you find a way to make it work because you know you, you gotta just, do it you, you can't just so i mean you can eventually but i'm not at that point yet where you can just completely just you know rely on especially with the pandemic yeah i think everybody just got whacked you know yeah so it's crazy you know but it's a good balance oh yeah definitely so where in jersey grew up scott like uh i i know i talked to a comic who's a who uh i love uh mike marino he grew up in the scotch plains area where in jersey are you from okay i think i know scotch plains i'm from mawa which is bergen county which is pretty close to new york i mean yeah, Mawa's a great area. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like it depends on when you leave, but like it's anywhere from like twenty to sixty minutes into New York City, you know, driving or train. Yeah. Um Damn. so that was cool, you know, being being close enough to New York growing up where you could, you know, go into the city and be there relatively quickly. Right. Obviously, right. if you go on like a weekend at like eleven o'clock right. in the morning on a Saturday, it's gonna take you an hour to get in. But if on the way home it's great because you're just you fly you're cruising, you know yeah. you're like you know, i took an hour and 15 minutes to get in and 27 minutes to get right. home yeah it's kind of like going to schomburg yeah yeah <laughs> you know no, that's great man so uh big family out there then i mean is everyone still rooted out there are you the only one who, who funneled, um, funneled to chicago pretty much everybody's out there my brother and i are the only people really my sister lives in ohio and my brother and i are the only two that really 
you know, uh, you know, other than her that have like left the nest and never came back. Yeah. Uh, but it's six sisters. So it's kind of funny that that's, that's like, whoa, both the boys just sort of fled six, fled six the and two. So eight altogether. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I, I could see why uh, you don't have kids. That I mean, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, my it's... gosh, man! Were you guys all pretty I'm, close, or was it? I'm still, uh... I'm still, I still feel lucky that I can get to my own bathroom. Sometimes I'm just like, oh man, this is nice. And you're all you're, alone. <laughs> growing up, you were like, I never could pee. <laughs> I could never get in there. You know. Oh um, man, that's crazy. Were you guys close? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. For the most part, I think you know, pretty much everybody were. I mean. Others more so than, 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 you know, some, but for the yeah. most part, I mean, there's not like any like bad blood between anybody. It's just. Right. So naturally you know, there is, as Italians, right? There's, there's definitely. Yeah. Some yeah. depends if you screw up, yeah. but. <laughs> Everyone knows about it. We, we, we usually, yeah, we usually get it out and yeah. air it out either, either to one another or, or to the individual at, at you know, who's, you yeah. know, in question, but. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what'd your folks do? Like what, what, what did, uh, what your parents do? My dad, he ran his own business that he started. So he was selling like motors and parts and stuff like that oh, wow. for various different, you know, pieces of equipment. Mm. And my mom was a, basically a dental assistant mm. for many years and then she retired, but mm. Just so, and then, yeah. uh, when, no, uh, no comedians, <laughs> yeah. Well then when you started to do that, how, I mean, how was, re- how received, I mean, how well received was it? And I'm, I'm presumptively assuming that the earlier, the early stuff was based on the family, right? I mean, there's a, there's, you have quality content coming from a big Italian family right then and there. Yeah. I haven't talked about them as much as I probably should, because there is a, there is a, a reservoir of wealth of material that come from them, but, um, yeah, I gotta probably probably incorporate them a little bit more. I do do some stuff about my mm-hmm. parents, uh, but I have, but not, it's not like a huge chunk. Mm. But um, so then everything else then is just written, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw at Zany's, it was just you know, it's it's always like a mix of a lot of different, you know, it's a range. It's not really no, like it was a great set. I I mean, it was it was I, uh, it was. It was spaced. It was a weirdly spaced out. I mean, I've never been to the Rosemount one. I I went to the St. Charles one a handful of times before that shut down. But um, Medicaid was on for like five minutes, and then you came on. You were on for what? It was like twelve minutes, something like that. Um, some nights it was twenty, and some nights yeah. it was like fifteen. I think one night it did twenty-five. Mm. Now, how far yeah. beforehand do you, do you know that the chunk of time? Have you ever been caught off guard? Were you like, oh, you were to do this but someone dropped out now you got to do 25 i mean how do you how do you pivot and and adapt to those situations oh like in in, in the same night you mean oh yeah like, like if, if you if you were on a list and someone something comes up they had to back out well now you have to fill that spot well hey you were doing 12 now you're doing 25 have you had oh, that happen I, I, I think it's a relief when you have you to think? do more people people always think that like you're like oh god well i, I think if you're a new comic you probably yeah. might your pants because you might, not, you might not have the material um but you know to be able to be able to just take a breath and know that happened to me a couple of weeks ago the headliner actually got in a car accident not at zany's it was at the comedy bar and the, he got in a car Holy accident crap. and he was like i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna be there he's like but i might be late so like we're gonna put you up but you're definitely you might, gonna be late <laughs> you might be you might be headlining so yeah. i was like okay so she's like just go up do your set and like we'll give you the light when they get here. Mm-hmm. So you might, you know, so I think I ended up doing like 26 minutes or something like that or Holy 27 cow. minutes. Um, but it's just nice because you could just take a breath. You could just be like, right, I, don't to, I don't have to rush in all this stuff. Like, I don't want to like, cause for me, like I'm always trying to get probably too much yeah, in you're pretty than, fast. I, than I should. Um, but you know, um, that's just me. I'm from the East Coast. I talk fast. That's, sure. You know, mm. some people it's like that's too fast, and I'm like, well, it's the Midwest. You know, I mean, mm. this just you know, keep up. Right. You know? so, <laughs> but I do try. I do try to be aware of that and slow it down a little bit. It doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you're always trying to like get extra, you know, get as much stuff as you can in um, one and two. It's just nice because you can kind of just take a breath and sure. be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have time now to do this chunk, and then you and then you just remember easier. I think shorter sets are harder. Cause you're trying to like figure out like, 
well, what can I include that's going to do well? Right. And then you're like mad if you do something that doesn't go well. And you're like, oh, I should have not put that there. I should have put this there instead. And I only had seven minutes or whatever it is. So I think it's a relief when I actually have to do more time. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I've never a chance to relax. Oh yeah. Like that's what I've, I've done one open mic and it was really bad. Well, I think, see, I think I've done one. It was start of April, first week of April. I've never done it before. Um, and I was up there for 10 minutes. It was horrifying. It was an open mic. There was not many people there. There was, there was four people. It was a new one, brand new one in Geneva. They started. And I was like, I knew the people there because I, I love the, the local, the local scene. And the, the MC pissed me off. Cause he's like, all right. And I was the last one up. So they're like, all right. And the last one up, you've seen him on last comic. I'm like, dude, stop that, man. He's like pumping it up. He's got the music going. And then I get up there. I'm like, I never done this before. Just letting you know, it was so uncomfortable, but I was up there for 10 minutes. Cause no one else was there. Like they mm. wouldn't let me come off, which is weird, but, uh, I've never done it again. I mean, how'd you oh. get, how'd you get over the first time? Well, first time didn't go bad because it was weird because it was like uh, the first time I did a set was at a club. Oh, like it was, at, it was at the Richmond funny bone. So I just been like, at writing. The funny bone, that's a, that's a big, that's a big time club. Well, it was just, it was an amateur mm. night and I just signed up for it. And, uh, you know, I just memorized the set. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. It's never been performed anywhere. So it went well. I think I like blacked out for half of the set. Like, I didn't know. I was so nervous. I didn't know what was going on. Some of it, some of it went well. I think I found the napkin in my, my room the other day. Oh, you wrote down the stuff? The set list. Some of them are so, some of them were like terrible. And then some of them were like, like, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I forget some of the, some of the stuff. I forget. I think the first two, I think two of the jokes were like, I got, which was true. I was like in debt and creditors were calling me yeah i know what that's and they're like, like yeah is anthony Benazzo there and i i applied for like a name pronunciation change so i was like i don't i don't know who that is my my last name's actually Benazzo. like it's some <laughs> stupid things i think that one did okay and there was some other dumb ones like imagine through like the course of time when you said hello we didn't shake hands we like mm. grabbed each other's crotch or something like, <laughs> like that something like that uh, everything like went like okay. It was never like it wasn't a bomb and it wasn't like a oh my god it was like cocaine i gotta you know <laughs> great you know so then I signed up for like, and I don't even know why I was like, I don't know. Like I was, I was so nervous, like doing it in the beginning. And then I saw this like comedy night was being held at this bar mm-hmm. called Shakers in Richmond. I think they're, they closed and I ended up going up and it did an open mic. And this girl came up to me and she's like, Oh, I really liked you. You know, we run a showcase here. Can you come back next week? Like, I so then I went back and I did the showcase I did the showcase like two or three times. And then that's when I ended up moving mm. um, to Chicago. So when I moved to Chicago, I had only had like a handful of sets under my belt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I got here, it was just like improv, 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 improv. And then no sets. And then zanies. <laughs> That's, uh, that's so, it was such like a like just thrown. My, I threw myself right into the wolves. I was like, "There's no other. I don't think there's any other way to do it." Like, because open mics are just terrible. Like, yeah, and that's the that, well, that's the problem too. Is like you run the risk of like you start out and you're doing only open mics. And you're mm-hmm. doing only for comedians. You run that risk of like. I'm going to learn how to like make my peers laugh, but I'm not going to like ever really learn how to make an audience regular people laugh at, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's what helped me the most early on was the fact that I was only doing stuff in front of like real audiences right off the bat. So Mm -hmm. you just learn how to like navigate that, improve that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that sucks because then you go to open mics now and it's like, it's hard to get feedback because comics are just like, yeah, they're like that sometimes. That's relatable. I, mean, I, I go to a lot of them just to watch, but I mean, generally, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, fake response, right? There's a lot of like mean, you could these laughs are re- I mean they they sound horrible. They're all fake and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of that to kind of is, is from what I see is to kind of boost their self esteem, and then you throw them in a room with an audience, like, hey, all this shit was killing. What's wrong? like well right yeah that's where that's where yeah that's where it gets tricky because like you know and that's the that's comedy in a nutshell right there it's like there's no 
consistency. You know, it's mm-hmm. never, it's never A plus B is C. Like you'll go up like, and you'll have a set that like kills any night of the week. Right. And then at any given night, you could do that same exact set. And then you go up one night and that set for some reason tanks. It's and weird, like, isn't okay. it? I mean, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, it's like, strange I don't it. how that works. Yeah, it's it is odd, man, because it's 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 maddening. It's the same thing. Room. Not too very. I mean, it's like two different worlds of people. It's like, where who are you? Where are you from? Like, do you like? I mean, you can't. It's hard to think like people. Like, it, people are so different, right? It's like they they. There's a switch that turns them off from certain parts of society. When a club, it could be a club less than forty five minutes away. And it doesn't work. I don't understand it. Well, that's why I think it's important to have that ability to like yeah. go into riffing, go into crowd work, because otherwise, that's just treacherous. It's a treacherous. It's, it's an awful feeling because yeah. you're just like, wait a minute, how did I just kill the early show? And the same exact set is just tanking. Oh, same night so, too. That I mean, sometimes, that happens sometimes, sometimes, sometimes too. Yeah, sometimes it's the second show that you go do, and it's you're like, well, what was that? Like, well, I don't get it. Right. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, were you at the early show or the late show? When you I was came? at the uh, the late show. Late show on the, on Saturday. Um, yeah. So it was Palisac. Um, yes, it was the seventh, seven thirty. Yeah, I was there like the nine fifteen ish one. I think. Yeah, it was the last one. It was a Saturday. Those were all pretty good shows. I feel like was there great. wasn't really any bad ones. No. Um, now last month there was like. Like the first show was great, and then the second show was everybody was bombed and angry. Like mm-hmm. they were like screaming and getting into really? it with like the headliner and yelling. And that was that same wait. With this was this past weekend? No, this was the week the month before. Oh wow, man! Jesus. Warren B. Hall, I was there, and they were just like, like terrible. I mean, just drunk, screaming, talking during people's sets, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was rough. Well, I think I, I think this is the interesting thing about the pandemic, though, and what it's going to do. I mean, it's it's introducing an entirely new audience, right? I mean, I've I well, have, those people have been there from the beginning, just those, drunken. Just, okay. Came from like came from like a bachelorette party, you know. Uh, well, no, like what I beat is I beat maybe they have not been there before, right? To that club, maybe this is like you're you're getting these new audiences because comedy's been the only one that's really been doing any sort of live entertainment consecutive, like consistently for almost six months now. Right. So you're getting these new audience of people who just have had enough of staying inside. They want to get out and see something live. You know, if, if music isn't, you know, present, well, shit, let's go comedy. So you're getting introduced to new people. So I think in a way it's helpful, but at the same time, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, what? Like, who are you? Well, that's, the, that's the problem is that they don't care what it is. They just want to be out of the house. So there's, the show is just in the background. They just want to be out with their friends drinking. Right. Not everybody, but some, some people, yeah. which then is like, well, why did, you know, that's why I always said like, as a joke, we should start a comedy club where you pay the same fee. You have to do two drink minimum. And we just put like, like a, like a projector of like a hologram comic on stage. <laughs> And you can just talk all you want. <laughs> it's like, keep quiet. We're watching the show. It's right. just, but it's like, and then they can just talk and then not get thrown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you've done, uh, I, I know you've done Sandy's Rosemont. You've done Chicago too, right? Yeah. yeah I headlined there right before, <laughs> right before everything shut down. It's the first actually. week of March, wasn't it? First week of March, March 1st. And it was sold out and it was phenomenal. It was mm-hmm. like the greatest high of anything I've ever done with really? stand up got a standing ovation at the end. Like it was just like a magical night. And then like two weeks later, like the world is shutting down. I feel like I was like up here in this peak of like, Oh my God, this is like, it's going to keep gonna going great up year, and, man. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably everybody felt that way to some degree, but there's a lot of those stories, but it sucks. Cause it's true. Like I had a friend who, uh, he, he's, I went to high school with him, but he just got done. He did a Ted talk for Ohio state university. It was like five minutes, whatever. That was pretty cool. Then he got to open a Ken for Ken Chong. Um, and then everything. Yeah. And it's like, he was like, damn, like, why does this happen? Like I was really, I was doing good. And then it's like, just has to fuck us. Like the same thing right. with Flanagan, right? Like he just recorded his, his album at, at, uh, mm. Zany's that uh, right before everything. And, and then it's like days after that, everything just shut down. 
Yeah. I mean, did you ever yeah, think I mean, you'd do live comedy again? I mean, like initially when it started, were you like, I don't know if this is going to come back? Yeah, I always knew it would be back. I just mm-hmm. didn't know when. Right. You know, in fact, like, so everything shut down in like what, March? Uh, yeah, second week of March. So then March 16th or 17th. I think there was week. like another like period where <clears throat> there was like a soft reopening. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what month that was. Maybe June. I think June. Yeah. I was doing like comedy bar. We had some patio show, have some patio shows. I was hosting Zany's um, on the, the Thursday super six showcase mm-hmm. for like that month. So there was like a soft reopening of everything and then everything shut down again. And they were everything pretty much was pretty much closed until I feel like it was like last month, wasn't it? Mm. Like we're, two Basically, months, yeah. last months, everything reopened again. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Oh. Did you feel yeah. the need to get out there and do it though? Like, did you want to? Was was <laughs> with this, was the desire to do shows higher than like? Did you feel good about going out and doing those shows during all of that, or did you, or did you rely on that income? So you had to do the shows because there's a lot of people I talked to who said like they've worked too hard to the point that they don't they 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 don't want to do these the shows with the mass anything they they don't want they want to be they, they want the environment to be the same they don't want to to give in not give in but just do shows you know in a in a socially distanced manner they some people say they've worked too hard for it. did you, was there any resentment in in the decision to kind of go out there and do those type of shows. Um, no, I mean, I think in the beginning I had burned myself out so bad, like the year before that mm. I was like, I'm going to just embrace this. So like I would yeah, come home mm. or be home all day mm-hmm. and then, um, be okay with like, I'm sitting on the couch tonight, you know, <laughs> uh, start making TikToks. Like, and, and to me, that was like, I, I was good. You know, I did some Zoom shows here and there. You like actually those? made I made some pretty good money doing Zoom shows, actually, mm. probably better than some of the regular <laughs> live shows, uh, without ever having to leave my living room. Um and and then when there was like that soft reopening, I was kind of like, all right, I'll do it, you know. Mm. And it was like a little hesitancy, you know, but everywhere was like following pretty good protocols of like taking your temperature right, yeah. and you have to wear a mask and the comedy bar ones were outside. So I was a little less worried about that. Sure. Um, Zany's is a little smaller. So it was, it was a little more nerving, you know, to do it, but the Chicago one. Yeah. But yeah. then I, you know, I need, I needed the income too. I mean, I hadn't done a show yeah. in like a year and, um, so there wasn't really any like resentment. And I think the time when the time was right and it came, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was good timing because sure. I, I just started to get bored of like being in my home. Like I did not like in every instance, I think in the last 15 years, I've had opportunities to stay home mm-hmm. and like take some time to myself and I haven't taken it. Right. I think that's the bad thing of like the mentality of like comedy where you're like, I have to constantly be grinding and doing and doing and doing. Yeah. You're putting yourself I, out. Yeah. So I, and I did that two years ago because I did like a little mini Midwest tour that I put on. I was like in Michigan. I drove to Minnesota. Oh, okay. I was in Missouri. I was in New York. You know, I was like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just like shows every weekend for a few months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm cooked. And plus I was hosting an open mic every week too. And then I was doing weekend club work and I was just not getting enough sleep. I was overworking. I was, you know, I was just burned. Sure. So when the pandemic sure. came and I were like, yeah, comedy clubs are closed. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then great. when they did that, like soft reopening, I was like, okay, cool. And then it closed up again. And I'm like, all right, I'm back on my couch. Like, and I was like, okay with that. But now, like in the last like few months, I can I can feel myself being like, you know, I'm ready. I don't want to go back to like where I burn myself out, right? But I'm definitely like enjoying connecting the dots back together to be like, well, I was working on something, and I had a plan, and those plans got derailed, muffled for a little while, and that's okay. So I put those you know blueprints away and. Mm -hmm. And now it's fun to like be reopening those blueprints and being like, all right, let's get back to work. Right. You know, and it's kind of like it's cool because it's like I'm this different, different energy. I've been recharged. I've learned, you know, I've sort of like reconnected with my roots. I'm back doing a lot more shows on the south side now. Mm. 
still doing zanies comedy bar some laugh factory um haven't been back to the improv yet they didn't really officially open yet though um but just sort of like getting back into the groove and being like i'm ready to do this and i'm ready to like i'm ready for that comeback (laughs) you know i'm like ready to like get back to where i was and try to go back you know even higher yeah, no, you know, absolutely. I get that. But I don't think I would have had that level of motivation had I not gotten that time, that downtime. I'm afraid I would have like overdone it, really burned myself out bad. Right. To the I point had. to where comedy would have been the annoyance in your life. Yeah. Like, it I don't even to get care. That way. I'm done with it. it. It didn't get to like, it started to get that way, but not like, oh, it's an annoyance. It was more just like, oh, I got to do this. Ugh. I need. Like I need some, I need to step back, but like, I also need the work, you know? <laughs> so like there was this constant influx of work and mm-hmm. it was like, it's hard to say no, right? you know, cause you're relying on that income, but people don't realize like how much like mentally comedy can affect you and how you do need to take time down, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's why like, I always tell new comics when they're like, oh, I do comedy every night. I'm at a mic every night. I'm like, don't I'm like, you're going to burn yourself. Stay home, go watch a movie, go out with your significant other. Like do something else that you're mm. you're seeing the world in like a different lens and you're getting new stuff for your comedy. Like you don't want to just be like you're you're like too one dimensional. You know, sure. you're gonna talk about like, oh, I went to the elevator today. Like, are you gonna talk about that? <laughs> like, you, you, gotta, you gotta have something that happens, you know, like you know, some some fruit for your, you know, material. Right. You know? No, I, I totally understand that. Now, but I, I think the nice thing though about the past year was there was like this real comfort and in, in knowing that nobody else was doing anything. Like there was a, there was a real joy in that idea that not doing anything, sitting on a couch was okay. Like before I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? I got to do this. But nobody else was doing anything. So I think there was a a real joy in that fact and knowing that it's okay. You don't got to do anything. Nobody else is doing anything. Well, there was like, uh, I don't know if I made, made sense when I said that earlier, but, um, I think it was like probably over 12 years ago. We had that huge blizzard. Oh yeah. 20, uh, February, 2011 or 12, I think. Yeah. And we were like locked down and like nobody was going to work for like two or three days. Yeah, it was fun. And I ended up like going to work. Like my boss was like, at the time was like, you know, get in here. And I'm like, do you, do you not see what's happening outside? (laughs) Like, it's like, you couldn't even get out. Lakeshore was closed. Yeah. And like, he like guilted me to come downtown. I went all the way downtown. No one was there. I'm like, why am I here? And I just went home, but I was so mad that he guilted me to come. Mm-hmm. And I wasted like the next day too. I went back. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why did I, I'm like the next time that we have an opportunity to not do anything, I'm taking it. So then right. we had the, like the polar vortex, like a couple of years ago where it was like negative 600 hours and everybody was staying home. Mm-hmm. And then I went to like yoga. I'm like, what am I doing? I was at the gym. And everybody's like, why don't you just stay home? Everybody's like on their couch all day. And I was like, I don't know how to just sit down. So there was like, people were staying home for like, like, I feel like for like, it was like a three or four day weekend, you know, it started like Thursday and they weren't going to work and then they were home to like Sunday or Monday. So that was like op- opportunity number two. Mm-hmm. So once the pandemic hit and they were like, stay at home, I was like, oh, okay, for the first time. And I still have to remind myself to do that because like even tonight, like I was on the South side last night, I did a show out there mm-hmm. and you know, like I was thinking about going out there tonight too. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's okay to like, be like, I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself. Like I'm going to, I got laundry to do. I got a little life too. <laughs> you know, I got to like take care of stuff. Yeah. Cause like, it's, there's so many times where like, I've like, 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 why am I doing the show? I don't even have any underwear. Like I haven't even, <laughs> I'm at home. My whole life has been neglected, you know, and it's okay. I think that's what the pandemic is. It's like been like, okay. to be like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Or like, right. I'm looking at this show and I'm like too far, too little pay, too much headache. No. Or I'm exhausted. This sounds horrible. No. Like you're just, I'm just, I feel like it, it was good to like, you, I reevaluated and I figured out like what I'm willing to do mm. and, you know, and how to, and how to like reapproach this as it's, as like, with like a new perspective so that I don't end up burned out again. Sure. No, I think, yeah. you know, I think, I think there was a, I saw the other day, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who said that when he, I think last month, New York opened the clubs again or something like that. And he, he went back in there. He said that it was the most, it was the best experience he's had in his career because it felt like he was 
starting over again. Mm. He goes, the year off, like he, people were like, oh, I got to work stuff. I got to go to a club. I got to go to, I, I, it brought him back to the beginning. And uh, I, I, there's a lot of comics that are saying that like Mark Marin, he, he was a, he, he didn't want to do anything over the year. He, he did the comedy store the other Ed, it was, it's just like, everything's back. It's all, everything's fun again. I mean, they're all, all these, all these guys are working stuff out again. Everyone's starting over again. So it's like, it's a clean slate for everybody. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to see where this goes because obviously comedy's based, a lot of the stuff is based on experience, real life experience. COVID is, that's over with as far as content goes. Nobody wants to hear about it because no one's going to go to a club. I mean, we all, the stuff is over with. The content is a bore now. So it's, it's getting back to life and, you know, having these experiences and, you know, making new content. That's the important part because really there was nothing to, to, to make of last year as far as content goes. I mean, because everyone would be doing the same stuff. Yeah, I think it's important to to address it. Like, I think you, I think I talked about it quite a bit in my set when when you were there. Like, mm-hmm. it's the TikTok it, it's, you picked up bad stuff. Yeah, it's like impossible not, not to, to like talk about it because it's something that was huge Relative. and still prevalent yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's only I think when you're like, oh, I'm afraid. You know what's gonna happen? Like, if you're just doing that, yeah. but if you come up with like a perspective that's sure. smart and it's a relevant to mm. like what changed you. I think it's, you know, it's good. I, I have like a whole, probably a, like a new half hour chunk that I wrote during all the quarantine. That's great. Some of it is about COVID and, and some of it's just about like life mm. then versus now or how we will go into the future. And, you know, I think that if it's, if it's relevant, like I try to write stuff that like doesn't have a lot uh, you know, uh, like a timestamp on it. Mm, time and is, I think yeah. some of the stuff can be there for a while because it's, it's some of it's so ridiculous. Yeah. You know? or even just like, a, Oh my God, remember when, right. Hopefully we'll be saying that. In yeah. No kidding, man. Later, but you know, the TikTok stuff or like getting involved in TikTok, you're learning these dances, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> afraid, you're afraid to friggin' like I, I talked about the other day, how I was, eating a protein bar and jewel like under my mask and a piece of the peanut got stuck in my throat and I was like afraid to cough. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, like choking it. And this guy keeps like looking over at me and I'm like, Argh! and then he finally was like, like everybody started looking at me and I'm like trying so hard to not choke in public that I almost choked. Right. <laughs> like I almost, I almost choked that. And I was like, I like ran out of the store. I'm like, it's just a peanut. Like right. I was so, I was so embarrassed. I was, but I was, I was like, this is hilarious that like, I've now gone to these lengths. It's funny. You know? And that's, I think we're going to be talking about that for a long time. Just oh, like yeah. how crazy life was for that year. Sure. Um, and how different things are now. And, mm. You know, it's going to be interesting. Not like hacky and empty. Right. I think you, you can talk about anything as long as it's, there's some truth to it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Who were the, uh, who were the guys for you though? Um, coming up that, uh, you kind of got glued to, um, as far as the people that you kind of got your feet wet with, as far as comics go, who are the, who are the group of people for you? Well, Palisac was always at those rising star showcases, mm-hmm. but always got to watch him mm-hmm. and, then later on, it was like Pat McGann. Oh, yeah. Was great. Very helpful. Like, you know, he'd like call me and he'd oh, he's nice. Yeah. Like advice and guidance. And, and Pat was just good to like just watch to mm-hmm. like learn how to host better and see how he can like, you know, be mean, but mm-hmm. like charming at the same time. <laughs> and um, yeah, so those are some good like models to have, mm-hmm. you know, on the way up. Um, and then just even being on the South side, like, and just seeing all the comics that are just now exploding and just see how with such ease that they would just kill every week there. And mm-hmm. like, how are they doing that every week? Like, how do I do? And I, and I haven't fully mastered that on the South side yet, but I do, I do feel like I do well there. Um, but just having all those people, like, just to like be able to like powwow with after or ask, you know, sure. Like just see their, the way they, the way they do it mm-hmm. on and off stage, you know, especially Mike, because it was like, 
Michael. Yeah. Um, he's because, so reserved, uh, quiet. He's grounded. He's like, hey, I mean, that's the same dude. Like, well, he's just very um, helpful mm. and humble. You know, he's not like arrogant. You yeah. know, so it's nice to be able to like be like, hey, like, what should I do to do this or right. And it's like, here's what I would suggest, you know, and you don't, you don't always get that from people, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they get to a certain level, you know, you can right. talk to people and they're just like, who they are ignore you? you? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or they think you're trying to like use them or get something. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just trying to figure, I'm just, I'm just trying, trying to, to say hi. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Remember me? Mike Stanley was cool too. He was here for a while. Mike Stanley was always really cool to me hmm. too. Um, he's in Denver now. Um, yeah, just people like that that were like, they knew they were doing cool things, but they were never like arrogant about it. Sure. And they're the same way now, for the most part, you know, like mm-hmm. where you talk to some people and you're like, you know, they're doing TV shows or they're touring or whatever right. they're doing. You know, you still remember that rapport that you have. Yeah. I think it's special to stay, to, to keep that though. Like I, I used to be close with a lot of minor league baseball players, hence these bats in the back. Most of them are in the majors now. They're all their bats, but there's some of them who like now, like you go to a Cubs game at Wrigley and you'd be like, yo man, how's it going? Like, like, dude, I, we'd go out to eat after games when you were in the, like, we were like, Oh, what? Like, there's just this, they feel like you get to this level and then you have to disassociate from everyone and treat yeah. everyone like an asshole. And I'm like, dude, you were <laughs> like a year ago. We like, you were like, why? I don't Just understand. Like yeah. Like, <laughs> You're nickel and diming me for the tip and the tax. <laughs> right. Why do you think that is though? Do you think there's, I mean, have you seen people that you come up with that have had that switch? Like where they've made, yeah, yeah, you for don't sure. have to say names, but have it, is it more common in this scene than, than the many think? It's probably just the, the nature of all of it. You know, mm-hmm. your life, your your life drastically changes, and then yeah. they change too. I don't. I don't know. It's weird. I've met a couple of people that have like gone on and became like really big stars, mm-hmm. and I will talk to them the same way as if like nothing's changed, just to be like, mm-hmm. you're still the same person. I know that you are, mm-hmm. and you know who I am. But then there's like this weird divide up now where it's like no we're like we're not and i'm like what like we're really doing this like it's it's just up there now bye (laughs) especially when you were like kind of like tight and you like struggled me like you like struggled and did terrible shows together just like as recently as a few (laughs) years ago and then you're like now you're gonna like you know flex at me like wait what you know no i get it It, for the most part it's it's not been terrible Mm -hmm. but like there's just Definitely been some times where I'm like, this is, this is a little weird. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I just keep it grounded. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to certainly pretend. I don't, first of all, I don't really kiss up to anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, one, two, I'm certainly not going to kiss up to you. And you're my friend, or we <laughs> were friends. I'm like, I'm certainly not going to do that. So I'm just going to make it even more awkward for you because I'm going to like bust your chops the same right. way I would, you know? And talk to you the same way we used to. And if that, like, you can't handle that, then that's, that's on you. That's just what it is. Yeah. No, that's you know. funny. Who are your, uh, who are the guys you looked up to though, as far as, uh, big guys, um, who are the comics that you just loved? Like Chicago comics or Chicago, anybody? uh, just abroad. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, Palisac, Pat, um, lots of people on the South side, man. There's just a lot to name. That were just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they'd be in for the weekend. Um, sometimes they would just be, you know, Team Earth's been killing it mm-hmm. too. You know, he's on show on and Hulu and right. Um, you know, Jessica Kirsten, I got to work with her when she was in Old Town and she's so grounded and down to earth and nice and helpful and mm-hmm. kind. Um, you know, you sometimes you just meet people sometimes right. that like Keith Alberstadt, oh, okay. Joe Mackey, a lot of these guys in New York, man. Oh, Joe's just, great, man. Yeah, that's just that's just like, you know, you do a weekend, you have a good time. You know, I think we, me and Joe, I think I was either hosting or featuring at St. Charles and he was headlining and, you know, he just like took us out afterwards. We went out for a meal and he paid for everything. He was super nice. And yeah, and a couple of like New York comics, Joe and Keith, like they like reached out to like a comedy, the New York comedy club for me. Oh, wow. You know, 
got me like in, in with the booker and then I started doing shows there and it was just like I didn't even ask them to do that. I just was like, hey, I'm oh, coming into great. Town. You know, I'm coming into town. Do you have any recommendations as mm-hmm. far as like good places to go? And they're like, Oh yeah, I talked to the booker for so and so and hit her up and I was like, Oh, like totally great. that's the best is when you get surprised by somebody. Right. Like, you know, that happened to me with a comic. I don't want to say his name just because I feel like he might be embarrassed, but yeah. um, he probably won't be listening. He embar- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's he really became like a big superstar. And uh, I put some posts up on Facebook, like, Hey, does anybody have like a, like an agent that they recommend? And, you know, I just was like looking and uh, I was like, I've been here forever. I don't, I don't have an agent. I'm trying to change that this year. And he's like, sends me a text. He's like, just saw your post, like call this guy. And I called him and he's like, Hey, yeah, you came highly recommended. um, Can you come in tomorrow with a monologue? And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> like 13 years, I can't even get a like a, like a return to email from an agency. Um, and I just went in, we chatted for like 20 minutes, and he's like, "All right, you're signed." He's like, "Oh, well, let's still see the monologue, but that's not going to change anything, though." So I had to like do this monologue after I signed, which is oh, totally weird. That's even um, more pressure. And he's like, "That was great." He's like, "I recorded it." He's like, "That's great." So, wow, it didn't really hasn't really done a lot having any. <laughs> Um, you have like some cool opportunities that come up like during quarantine. Like, you know, I think I had, I auditioned for like Chicago fire a couple of times. How'd that work out? It's tough because like yeah. you get the, you get the audition, like either the night before mm-hmm. or like a few hours before. And then you have to like convert your whole room. Like I was in New Jersey helping out my mom. She was moving and she's oh, older. Wow. So then I got like a call to like, audition for Chicago fire. So I had to like call my friend on FaceTime. I've got her <laughs> on my Mac on my dad's like dresser trying to get like light to shine in, but I'm also supposed to be like this like forensic guy. So I'm holding like a flashlight <laughs> trying to set my camera, but leaning it up against like a jewelry box. Cause I don't have like a tripod with me. It's funny. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're just looking at like, like who is this guy with his bootleg audition? Um, but then I got another one when a couple weeks ago and my friend said, you know, it's good that you keep getting them because even if you're not booking them, they have the option to turn you down to submit. Sure. So a lot of times they're just, they may already have somebody that they have for that role mm-hmm. or they're, they're looking at you and trying to figure out how to put you in. And the fact that they keep accepting you because they could just after a while, like, no, we've seen enough of this guy. He's terrible. And like, but they keep on allowing me to audition. So she's like, you know, you might, you might hit something, but who knows, you know? Yeah. So uh, other cool stuff like that pops up. Like I like That's a exciting. Movie. That's cool. Like a movie, like a movie audition oh, last wow. week, my home, but nothing's really hit. So it's just like you just take everything with like a grain of salt. You're like, you know what? If this happens, awesome. Yeah. But you, you comedy's humbled me to be like, you just expect nothing good to happen <laughs> at all times. <laughs> so it's probably so hard to feel joy when something good does happen to you because right. you're so used to just being like, mm, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but. Eventually, stuff starts to happen. And, yeah, you know. eventually it all works out. So, is acting yeah. is that something you would? I mean, obviously, doing improv is is obviously. F- if, I mean, it, it makes you able to 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 pick up these acting these acting jobs and stuff like that. Um, do you, is that something that you really want to pursue, or is it just like sure, I'll do it? I mean, is that well, something have some, you have I a have knack for for it? Yeah, I have a little bit of training, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. acting, and uh, not that it's like. Not that this was like serious acting, but I also did like a handful of shorts for the onion. So you can, you can go. Oh, that's me. great though. It's, it's, it's something, yeah. right? Yeah. So those were like fun because it, it was like, it's amazing how like when you, when you do stuff on camera, it, it is really, really hard having that many people around you plus mm. the camera person and like having to like flip into this character. Well, everyone's like, watching. Even yeah. Even if it's like an absurdist character. So I, I have a lot of respect for people <laughs> that do like serious acting and being able to forget not to fuck up your lines mm. and, you know, forget stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, between some of the acting training, some of those, mm-hmm. and just, you know, I did a couple plays and, um, you know, and, and, and character work and improv, you, right. you, you're getting a lot of character studies through your improv and your sketch training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you went to like, you know, whatever school of acting mm-hmm. for, 
know for for it you know um but it's definitely been invaluable you know i feel like because when i take on you know a role or something or audition and i watch it i'm like that was that was pretty bad you know (laughs) i'm sure there's probably people that are like way better but it's like for the for what i am with what i am and where i am with where i am it's good it's good it works yeah, mm, that's great. And, and I think that with anything, with anybody worth working with, mm-hmm. like, they're never gonna just be like, "You're perfect." Like you're always gonna have guy. I I would think if you ever get booked for, for a movie or show, you're gonna have somebody that's like coaching you along the way. Like, sure. Hey, yeah. You want to make sure you do X Y Z, or you you know, and they work with you and try right. to help you adapt along mm-hmm. the way to really embrace and understand the character mm-hmm. too in the role that you're doing. You know, and they're not just going to throw you in and be like, "All right, well, that guy mm-hmm. sucked. We cast him." You know, yeah, so you learn you learn about it as you do it, and I think that's where improv really helped. Was like being a lot of a lot of improv is bad, but a lot of the improv that's good is really good, and the improv that's really good is when like you're no longer like in a scene with somebody and mm-hmm. you're trying to say something funny. You're answering as the character, and it just so happens to be funny. Mm you get so far into the head of that character that you are that that character. character. Yeah. You are that, the response of that character. It's not like you're like, Oh, dildo. And you're just trying (laughs) to be wacky and zany, you know, like it comes out and you're like, sometimes like after uh, like a good, cause I had like a really good bunch that I played with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like a good scene. I was like, it took me like a second to like come out of it. Like, Oh my God, I was, I was really acting because I was like pretending to be somebody else. Like that you're, you're like sort of stunned for like a second when mm-hmm. it's over. It's just like with stand up when you get off stage, it always takes you like a second to like adjust, like that you're like now out of this world because you are being like a heightened version of yourself when you're on stage. Sure. You know? Yeah. No. You know what? You mentioned something. I mean, we're going to wrap it up here, but I bet you something, or you mentioned something here that kind of made me think of, um, uh, I was listening to Marin's podcast with, uh, that was it. Daniel Kalua from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, I believe it was. And uh, he, he said the same thing about when, you know, doing that movie, his role in that movie, visiting the family members. I, I have not seen the movie, but I think he played uh, was he it Fred, Fred Hampton. I think it was Fred Hampton. Yeah. He played Daniel Kalua in that. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he went, he actually visited the, the, the remaining members of the family sat down with them, um, went through all the photos. He asked the family's permission. Do you trust me? Do you give me the, the okay to, to play? Like he, he learned everything he can about the person visited the places he would visit. Uh, Abby traveled to different parts of the country that he, but he did that. He felt that this was the most, like he felt this was the best thing he's ever done. Cause he felt like he was living the person like there was times where he felt like he was the person standing in the very spot you know of where all this stuff was taking place and yeah i mean really good actors i mean if you can if you can get to that point to where you are living in this you know this different world existing as somebody else i mean that's that's like the 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 pinnacle of 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 the job oh yeah i mean yeah yeah and- Hopefully next time we do the podcast, I'll be in a movie because of this conversation. I think I- <laughs> <laughs> you're like, here we are with uh, Oscar winner, Anthony Bonazzo. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's funny, man. Well, Hey, you got any shows coming up? I mean, this is gonna, this is gonna post um, next week. Yeah. Monday. So this weekend I'm doing next a, week, uh, Monday at post. So let's see here. Oh, Next week, Monday yeah. at post. So next weekend I'm actually headlining the comedy bar. Oh, okay. Uh, Superior Street. Superior Street. Okay. So it's just above the Geno's East. So there's a Friday, Saturday, oh, Sunday. That's show. a crazy area. Jeez. So that's uh, May 21st, 22nd, 23rd. There's two shows each night except for Sunday. There's only one show. 22nd, 23rd. Perfect, man. I'll be sure to plug that then. Uh... Comedy Bar just moved their locations. They used to be on um, LaSalle. Now they move right above the pizza place. On. Yeah, 162 East Superior Street. It's a crazy place to move to. It's a great venue. I actually like it better than the old spot because it's easier to get to. Um, 
and they just converted the whole upstairs into like a comedy club. And mm. when the weather's nice, they open it up and they do it outside on the roof. And it's oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. No, that's so a lot of the like New a, York guys are doing that. That's, that's like the only really truly COVID friendly club in the city will be them in the summertime because they will, you're outside. You don't get yeah. much better. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that, everybody's doing their part. Everybody's mm. been very good about like, you know, mic covers and sanitizing. But for people who are like really, you know, anxious about going out and they're on the rooftop again, definitely check out a show. Right. Obviously check out as many comedy live comedy shows in any of the clubs so that we mm-hmm. can think surviving through this. But sure. I appreciate you doing this, man. You take well, care. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. There you have it, folks. Anthony Bonazzo and myself. Be sure to check out Anthony live if you're in the Chicago land area. We'll be at the comedy bar this week. And he'll be there Friday, Saturday and Sunday, May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Tickets start at $40. Be sure to check them out and support live comedy. Support him. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time here on the show. But until then, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.